0: Hey, everybody, thank you for choosing the Richlands Tabernacle podcast. Right here every Thursday, you will hear two new sermons from the church that were delivered either by Pastor Horton or one of the other ministers from the church. We hope you enjoy. God bless. Thanks for all the support, hospitality, and everything. Just to be here is a great blessing. Did you hear me? Just to be here is a great blessing. Amen. Amen. had a wonderful time. This has been one of the best. I'm glad I got to be here in on it. Uh, I want you to turn today. Some of you... I've been asking about this book, and you can see me after. I don't want to have to go through all that again. This book is, the, in my opinion, the greatest expose of the uh, Roman Catholic Church and its wickedness that they get by with and still are, of course. That man's risking his life. I'm risking mine, not near as much as he is, but uh, to even tell you about it. That well, lady in Tulsa one time, she escaped from a convent. She was speaking around, and she came there, and I heard her. And there's a dentist got her in his chair one time and burned inside of her throat. I guess he won't fix her where she couldn't talk more. There's not anything as bad as a bad religion. Right. Nothing in the world is as bad as a bad religion. I'm glad we have got Jesus, I sure am, I'm glad we got Jesus, I'm glad I know who Jesus is. It's not just a story, he is a king of glory, I'm glad I know who Jesus is. I think you might have heard this, but this is so good I want to pass it on to the ones that have it To name this as his one mistake. He wore his rubbers when it rained, brushed his teeth twice a day with a nationally advertised toothpaste. Doctors examined him twice a year. He slept with the windows open, stuck to a diet with plenty of fresh vegetables. He relinquished his tonsils and traded in several worn-out glands. He golfed, never more than 18 holes at a time. He got at least eight hours sleep every night. He never smoked, drank, or lost his temper. He did his daily dozen, daily. He was all set to live to be a hundred. The funeral will be held Wednesday. He survived by eight specialists, three health institutions, two gymnasiums, numerous manufacturers of health foods and antiseptics. He forgot God. Thought provoking, I think. Amen. Really do. Well, I want to read, and I'm glad for the rest of you that got in, the Simmons and, and many more, and Brother Powers. i better mean, won't see him come. I said that uh, somebody said he'd probably be here. If I don't name you, it's just because I can't see or can't think, right? Brother Collins, of course. Brother Collins is a great man, a great man. I put an article in the paper one time. It was uh, really the sentiments of my heart about Brother Collins. Uh, Turn with me first. I want to read from uh, 2 Peter 3. I want to read from 2 Peter 3, and I want to read in that same book, uh, chapter two. We'll take Second Peter three. Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm gonna get. Let me. I'm gonna get Peter uh, after I get this. Let me get for, uh, Second Timothy first, then I've got Second Peter, uh, the last chapter. Let's turn to the last chapter of both Peter's letters. Um, in Second Timothy three. I'm giving you time to get that now. One man called me one time, not, he just, you know, talked to him about it. said, you don't give him time to get it. Have you got it? Second Timothy 3.15, and, and uh, let's get 14. And, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Then in that same book, 2nd chapter, verse uh, 14 there also, Of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord, that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing The word of truth, that word rightly dividing, I am told, come from a Greek word, and I'm not a Greek scholar, but I thank God for people that are, and don't let nobody tell you that it doesn't help. I don't say you have to do that, but people who really get interested will, and there's some things you'll never know unless you do refer to someone who knows about that. I heard about one man said some preacher get up and say the Greek said. He said, Not a Greek, the Mali here, but that doesn't help you understand anything when you want to understand it to talk like that. That came from rightly dividing, it came from a word ortho. Ortho. You see that they have an ortho pest control. You hear the word orthodox. This word is ortho. Tomio means to cut a straight course, lay out a road, or correctly interpret. That's what that word means. So you could say that he that he that needeth not, said to show yourself approved unto godly work, but needeth not be ashamed, but cuts out a straight course, lays out a good road, straight road, or correctly interpret. The word of God, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. And the word will use a canker of whom is Hominaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth, as far as the truth is concerned, they have erred, which means. The word er, er, is it's not, not pronounced er, it's er. The word er means to stray away from that which is right. So you can say that Hymenaeus and Philetus, as far as the truth is concerned, they have uh, strayed away from the right course, they have strayed from the truth. Truth is a very important thing, and and, and in the Bible we get, uh, we get absolute truth. I'm not like him. I didn't know him. I knew a man pretty good that did. I read about him, Smith Wigglesworth, never read the newspaper. He said, not that I think that it's wrong to read the newspaper. He said, I just read the Bible. And he said, when you read the newspaper, you get lies, which is true. Politics are one of the most powerful things in the world because the news media uh, will go along with the crooks. Not always, not every column is bad. But the newspaper is a dangerous place to get some information. It really is. And it's still true that the pen is mightier than the sword who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already. And overthrow the faith of some. And Wigglesworth said, it's not that I think it's wrong. To read a newspaper, you just get lies. But he said, when I read the Bible, I don't get anything except the truth. Absolute truth, revelatory truth, which is the revealed word of God, is absolute truth. He said, even though they've done that, even though they have even taught that the resurrection is past already, kind of a Jehovah's Witness bunch of that day, I guess. Of course, the Jehovah's Witnesses are some of the shrewdest liars in the world. I know it'd hurt their feelings if. Uh, and they say, don't persecute us. We go through persecution. Other people disagree with us and they say things about us. I happen to have one or two books of their founder, what their founder said. He said, we're all going uh, uh, to destruction, every one of us. We are Babylon. He named off Methodists, Baptists, Episcopals, Presbyterians. He named everything except the Jehovah's Witness, and he had the Pentecostals in there. We're going to destruction because he was the one who's telling the truth. And he wrote some books and said, and I've got it. I finally found it. That the world was going to end on June the 14th or sometime before. June the 14th of that year of 1914, I think. It was either going to to, uh, end, the world was going to end, on that time or sometime before that and when it didn't and of course it did not ever get nervous Uh, when the 88 reasons came out uh, why the lord was going to come in 88 uh, when that came out a lot of people really got stirred up and it's all right it's all right now to notice some things but when people go to pinpointing don't get too excited because that's been done several times. And no matter how smart they are, no matter how much they know, if they can drink poison, walk on water, and eat fire, don't get too excited about things like that, because Jesus already told you that that was going to happen. No wonder Uncle Bud said, oh man, great is thy gullibility. Even though that was done. Nevertheless, God's foundation, the foundation of God. Well, the next set of books that come out, thank you, thank you for reminding me of that. Uh, The next set of books that come out, when it didn't happen, he said, well, and I've got it. I've got it. The next set to come out with said, it's either going to happen on that date or sometime thereafter. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. Really shake you up. Amen. Then in 2nd Peter, the last chapter, and the last few verses, verse 14, I don't know why I'm hung up on the 14th verse much today. Didn't mean to. Don't guess it has any significance at all, except that's just where it's at. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, talking about new heaven, new earth, and destruction this one, coming the Lord, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless, and account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also according to the wisdom given unto him hath written unto you. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which some things, not all things, but some things, hard to be understood. Now, I want you to get this next part. This is where they get you. Things that are hard to be understood. Peter said that. And even though Paul rebuked him one time, he thought enough of him thank him, his beloved brother, Paul. And they probably got that fixed up. I would imagine they did. I can't hardly imagine real men of God not getting things fixed up. It'd help the whole church world, if about 90% of them, but just ask forgiveness from each other and shut up talking about one another. It'd help the whole holiness movement set it on fire. I get sick of people's
1: lying.
0: Amen. Telling people they love them with all their heart and how much they love them, then turn right around and go out and some, do some crazy thing against them. Amen. It's like the guy's wife shot him and fell across his dead body and hollered, I loved him, I loved him, I loved him, loved him a whole lot. I'd rather be loved a little less myself get to live a little bit longer. A strange way to express your love is to shoot somebody to death. My God, have mercy. Cut somebody's head off and say, I was crazy about them. As they do also the other scriptures under their own destruction. As our beloved brother Paul in his epistles, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and don't take the learned as some supergroup. You either are learned some or you're pitifully unlearned. Don't think that anybody thinks that there's something because they, uh, some of the preachers are, I think some of the preachers are very, uh, very knowledgeable of the Word of God. I really do people who are casual readers and skimmers, uh, they never do learn much about the Bible. I read, you know, the difference in the Bible and TV God did then. I don't want to read that again. Um, but he said, those that are unlearned and unstable rest, the Catholics, they don't want their people to know anything. Even for ages, they forbade them to uh, study the Bible. There was a day when you risk your head. People were killed and burned at the stake in front of a group of people to put fear in them. And their sole crime was that they loved Jesus and wanted to translate the Bible into the native tongue of those people. They had to hide. Tyndall was killed. Coverdale. a Huss. Wycliffe. And they would have killed Luther. If it hadn't been God's time, they would have killed Luther. They meant to kill him. And they would have killed him. And they would not only have did it, they would have felt like they were doing God's service. One brother told me he used to be a Catholic in this service, and he's here now. He told me his folks are so put out with him and won't even let him talk to them about getting saved and told him he ought to be killed and all he wants to do is get them saved and the catholics thrive on what's called obscurantism which means to obscure everything where you can't understand it and say we will interpret it for you sure they do come on you know that they do Ye therefore, beloved, seeing that you know these things, which means seeing that you are have been informed about these things before, beware, lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. Go in grace, and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to him be glory with both now and forever, amen. uh... Let me read something to you. This name of this is The Ark the Skeptic Stumbled Over. choice example of the knowledge of the Bible possessed by skeptics has been related. Only a skeptic was, once a skeptic was at a dinner and sat next to a Bible teacher who engaged him in conversation and opened to him the subject of faith in Christ. The skeptic said that he had once been a reader of the Bible but that he had grown disgusted with its errors and no longer had use for it. The Christian asked him the definite things that so impressed him, and he received the following answer. When I began to read the Bible, I came across the story of Noah and the ark. I am a lumberman, and it interested me. I I began to figure out its dimensions and how many feet of lumber went into it. I was astonished and impressed at its size. A few days later, I opened the Bible again and saw that the Levites carried it around the wilderness. Such foolishness made me so mad. I have never looked inside the Bible again. Fool. fool, foolish, ignorant, but I don't mean to be harsh, never want to be harsh, don't want to be a hard preacher, not a hard preacher, easy preacher, been accused of being easy, and I am easy, but is it any worse for him to be ignorant of simple facts? that all you've got to do is look? Is it any worse for the skeptic to be ignorant of that than it is for us to be ignorant of simple things that can be understood that we make mountains out of molehills? I may not, uh, I may not, uh, you may not think so much of me the time this is over. I think you will. I'm not really worried that much, but you might not. You might disagree with me today, but let's see how we get along. You might say, well, Brother Cox, and, 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 and really now, really, I'm not, a, I'm not a know-it-all. I'm not trying to know-it-all. I'm not trying to put myself up as somebody to try to p- police the wholeness movement. You couldn't do that. Somebody told one time, yeah, "I tell you what, you're trying to do that paper. You're trying to organize a wholeness of people." I said, "You couldn't organize a wholeness of people if you tried to. You can't even get one church organized, let alone all of them.
1: Amen.
0: They fuss over the with the color of the carpet, and the pews, where to set the piano. Amen. No telling what all they just, they just, you know, they just, I know, they just like it. I mean, they just like to fuss about stuff." They get some wild ideas sometimes. And they bring up some stuff and make doctrines out of stuff that's not true. And they just cling to it. I mean, they just cling to it. You can tell them getting ready to launch out, can't you? (laughs) Woo! Praise God. Where's Lester? He here today? Is LD here? Oh my. Oh my well I don't have to have him I just wanted him here.
1: <laughs>
0: he said, Ralph, you haven't preached anything yet that I'm don't I don't believe I'd hope I might get him here today. I might do it I don't know I don't think so but anyway, here we go. Now don't get worried it'll be simple but uh, you might say now brother Ralph you're talking like that what uh, what do you uh, what, what do you base that on? I mean what uh, well I base it on observation. I said, I base it on observation, and I go a lot of places, and I read some, and and I pay attention, and I hear people. And uh, uh, sometimes people quote verses that's not even in the Bible. Is there any sense in that? No. No. For instance, what do you mean? What do you mean, preacher? Well, uh, have you ever heard anybody say that the Lord said the time had come you couldn't tell summer from winter? Except with the budding of the trees. Have you ever heard that? Have you? Have you? Well, you might say, Well, what's the matter with that? Uh, I'm not really good in in, uh, speaking, but I'm going to say it like this it ain't in there. (laughs) I said it ain't in there. Is it all right to quote verses that's not in there? Well, quit doing it then. What, what say, Mike? He
1: maketh,
0: way there yeah, yeah. he maketh a way where there seemeth to be no way. One time I was a preaching and I said, I'm going to say it again, and I want to see if I can hear any paper rattling like I did that time. Of course, it didn't rattle very long. It's hard to find something that's not in there. Ooh, it really makes the hide slip to try to find things that are not in there. Well, what's that then? What's that, Brother Cox? The Holy Ghost will not dwell in an unclean temple. You say, well, do you think he will? No, no, but uh, don't quote it and say that the Bible said it because somebody's going to ask you where that's at. And it's just as foolish to say that as when the preacher was preaching. And he said he did it. And one woman wanted to inspire him of her religiosity. And she said to him, my favorite scripture is grin and bear it. And he said, ma'am, uh, would you please, uh, he, he, you know, sometimes they make you act dumb. You got to be crafty to keep them, kill them. And uh, he said, uh, ma'am. Uh, do you know right where that's at? I mean, you know. And she said, uh, "Sir, I'm not sure, but I think that's in one of Paul's letters to the Deuteronomies." <laughs> he said, she said it. Yeah. Now let's let's get on down to us that think a little deeper than that. Uh, did you know? I have a friend. I really like him. I wish he was here. He's busy now. He's uh, he's uh, trying to start a church in Memphis and been having a hard time doing it. And uh, it's got pretty rough, pretty rough with him. Uh, his name's Bill Finley. And he had a, he had a man in the church there up at Mingo where he pastored. He pastored there for quite a while and we had a fellowship. One of the best, one of the best men I know, Bill Finley is. And he did a whole lot with that church. I wish he could have stayed there. I love Brother Brown that's there now, but I wish Brother Finley could have stayed there. He he resigned and then tried to get it back, and that's dangerous to do that. Usually when people are rid of you, they really want rid of you. I mean, the clique wants rid of you, as a rule. Ta-ta. Anyway, he said there's a fellow came up to him and said to him... Do you actually think that we need you when we have the Spirit to teach us? (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. Woo! Do you actually think? I wonder how far we'd get here at this church if you had no pastor. They wouldn't need this many seats. They could just fence this thing off, curtain it off, just about five or six pews back there in a little while that's all they'd need. And besides that, that fellow was so smart, he thought, and he thought himself to be something and he's really nothing. A man had to be real ignorant to even say such things as that, and Brother Finley said he just smiled at him. He just smiled at him and said he thought of the scripture where it said, let him that is ignorant be ignorant. You put us preachers through some things sometime. Yes, you do. Don't get worried. Don't get worried. I got a long way to go yet. Amen. Come on. I said that to say this. I got a letter in the mail here a while back. Somebody, somebody wrote me and said, Brother Cox, we want you to recommend the Bible dictionary. I, I did twenty five thousand dollar one, you remember it. Yeah, I wrote the next issue and said you could get it cheaper than that. I wouldn't give that much for it. It was a misprint. It was around twenty-five. It's I think it's around 20, twenty-five and thirty. Nelson's Illustrated Bible Dictionary, I think, is one of the best. Zondervan puts out a good one. Baker puts out a good one. But I recommended that one. And then and she said we want to know something about what commentaries that you'd recommend. So I just uh, took you know some best ones for beginners, and, and, and done the best I could do with it, and that's any, all anybody can do. An angel can't do no more than that, let's do the best you can." I got a letter in the mail It really, really tried to scorch me. It took me five minutes to go to sleep over it, but uh, um, I... Uh, and they said, ''I'm disappointing you,'' said, ''You shocked me to put anything like that in your paper. How do you interpret where it says? that the anointing in 1 John 2 and 27, but the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. interpret that well I'll tell you how I interpret that I got a little system that I use whenever I preach stuff like this we're going to say that this is the pages of the Bible now I'll tell you how I interpret that I said we're going to say that this is the pages of the Bible and I'll tell you how I interpret that I don't believe in taking that out and laying it over here by itself. You you you, you won't have no trouble understanding what I mean here when I when I demonstrate this to you. I'm going to put a demonstration here, not a demonstration, but a demonstration. We have a lot of demonstrations going now. But I don't, I don't believe in taking pieces out of the sacred page and laying it over here and say, I got you now. You ain't got me. Stick that back in there and let's read all that. Amen. Let's eat the whole roll. Heresies come. I said heresies come from taking bits and pieces and laying them over and founding a doctrine on them. And that's what the holiness people, some of them do. They don't read the book as a whole, but they pull out. And he said to rightly divide the word of truth. He didn't say dissect it. Amen. Why don't you put the carburetor in the trunk and see how your car does? Huh? Put it up on the radio arrow. Get one strong enough to get it up there and hold it. And see how you come out with that. Why don't you go down to the doctor and say, Doc, I want my gizzard removed. I don't need it. I'm I'm, I'm hung up on gizzard, 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 gizzard. And I want my gizzard out where I can see it. Same thing. Well, how do you interpret it? Do you think the Bible is contradictory? Do you think the Bible is a mess? And cannot, we can't learn anything about it when God gave it to us on purpose. I think it was Tyndall that said, when I get my Bible translated, the common plowboy will know more than the Pope. And you know something? He does. Yes, he does. The common plowboy knows more than the Pope. He does. The pope doesn't even know how to get saved. And the common plowboy got saved. The pope even believes in purgatory and helped them invent it to make money. The pope does not even believe in marriage when God said it's honorable. So the common plowboy knows more than the pope. I'm glad they unchained the book, ain't you? Amen. Well, now, how do you interpret that? I said I interpret that by sticking it back in there. I've got two pieces and I can act like I have and put it back in there and let it read the whole thing. Heresies. Every false doctrine. Every false doctrine is founded upon bits and pieces. Every one of them is. Every religion that comes from the King James Bible comes by. And really, folks, don't, uh, don't, don't throw away the fact that we didn't have it until 1611. Look in the front of it, and a lot of times it will tell you that. It's the best. it was given to the English people. But well, how are we going if, to, if, if, if the Bible says, and it does, and some people will tell you, now listen, preacher, the Bible always means what it says. That's the trouble. People will not take what it says. They say the Bible means precisely what that says right there. Not unless you rightly divide it. It does not mean that. The Bible said to study. What are you going to study? Study does not mean just skip over, fool around, pick out a verse here and there, The Bible does not mean that. That's not studying. They say it means just what it says. I know it. That's where the rub comes in. You've got to find out what it really says. You might think, well, there's no danger there. There's a lot of danger there. There's people preaching stuff right now. That's not even true. Holiness people even some of them very good people, are teaching things that the Bible does not teach. And this is one of them right here. I'll show you. If you'll read the entire, if you'll read the entire second chapter, and I can't read it now to you. it take too long. <laughs> but if you'll read the entire second chapter of 1 John, 1 John 2, all of it, you will notice that these people were uh, not right. I said they were not right. What makes you think they were not right? Because John, who was a very kind man, says, in verse 18 to 18, little children, it is the last time And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, Antichrist, even now are there many Antichrists. Now there is a or an Antichrist, and that means against Christ. There is one Antichrist that will come, and he is in the place of Christ. He is a false Christ, but there are many antichrists or anti-against Christ. And he said, even right now, there are many people in the world, if any of the brethren, older than I am, younger, anybody wants to talk to me about this after church, uh, that disagrees with me about this, come on, I'll be here. Anything I preach today, I'm not perfect. A lot of things I don't know. I have this on my heart. I cannot preach anything else today but this. We need to know about stuff like this. He said, whereby, because of this, we know it's the last time. And then he said, they went out from us, but they were not of us. If they had been of us, they no doubt would have continued with us. But they went out, that they may be made manifest, that they were not all of us. But ye have an unction. You have an unction. I told you the other day that unction is the shedding of a divine or spiritual influence upon a person or a thing. So he said, but ye have the shedding of the spiritual light upon you. In verse 20. From the Holy One, you have the shedding of light from the Holy One upon you. And you know all things. I know the word all does not always mean all. You say that's contradictory. No, it's not. God doesn't have to give you numbers because by the time it got to you, it'd be a different number. And when the Bible says all and whole, it does not mean all in the sense that we think of all. Sometimes that word is used uh, uh, as a whole, but it's not because, you know, uh, let me ask you something. Does anybody in here hate me? I hope no hands go up on that. You don't hate me? Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Does any of you preachers over here hate me? You don't? The Bible says you be hated of all men. You don't hate me, so all does not always mean all. You say, Well, preacher, that throws me in a curse. You'll get told some more courage if you don't get some sense. The whole wisdom of Solomon, the whole world went up here, the wisdom of Solomon, you think every person on the face of earth that time went up there? No. But God's not going to say 999 because the time it got to you, it'd be something else. You've got to understand there is a way to read the Bible. And you you surely wouldn't think for a minute, now stick that back in there. I said put that back in there. You're going to stay confused if you just take, you know people will get bogged down, take some little special verse that they like and say, I'm standing on the Word of God. not doing you a bit of good. You're just messing it up. I don't blame the little child for getting up on the family Bible and standing on it. I said, I'm standing on the promises of God. I know what they mean, but grown people, y'all know better than that. Standing on the Bible is not going to help none. Matter of fact, kind of disrespectful. By the way, Let me wait till I get this one, and I'll get that next one. Just read on now. I can't read it all to you. But he goes there down in the 26th verse. Brother Mike, stay up with me there now. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. Now, wait a minute. Why can't you see that? Stick it back in there. The Baptist preacher at home said, Well, the Pope died, he said the Pope's in purgatory. Said, so nothing strange, though. He meant to go there all the time. And said, where is the word purgatory in the Bible? He said, right under baloney. <laughs> Baptist preacher. Why don't you read all of it? I said, why don't you read all of it? It's not god interesting yet to what it's going to get, I hope. I mean, we got some real ground to plow. Amen. In the 26th verse, now in the 19th, it said they went out from us because they were not of us. That's the people he's talking about, the Gnostics. Gnosis means knowledge. And they were the supergroup. You know, we have these little cliques that won't, t- won't fellowship nobody else. And and one preacher even told some people, and I could tell somebody who he is, and you'd know and he's, you know, watches his people. I can understand some phases of that and facets of it. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> uh, people won't fellowship nobody else. They got a mighty unstable bunch of people. You get in some little, little, you know, and shut the doors, and hey, man, won't even let Jesus through the wall. Always scared and gonna get deceived. One fella built his church down to about 15 people like that. Amen? Praise God. This man said, told a good friend of mine, he said, Brother Bill, I found out that if you preach something different, you can hold your people. And what people like to do is they say, I preach this. Nobody else preaches this. I preach this. You will starve to death, you go and play sales. Because I am the main chef over this bunch. Yeah. I'm the chef. I'm the chef. I'm everything. I'm the server. Everything. You give me credit for everything. I don't have nothing to do with these other people because they're all false. And I am special. You get it? Do you get it? I'm giving it to you as I can. I hope you get it. So he's got him a little group, and that's all he's got. Yeah, yeah, you got it in Virginia. Sure you have. We preach it, all right? These Gnostics, they were the knowledgeable people. They, they believed in will worship and angel worship and nobody knows a thing. In California, Larry Wood, bless his darling heart, this charismatic God got so carried away, and you know they do. They do. They cast out demons that look like monkeys and no telling what all. Hopping, jumping. I don't know a whole lot about demonology. We live just a few miles from Rima, yeah, yeah, and this fella told Larry Wood, he got talking about something far out, far out, and Brother Larry, Brother Larry's kind of looking at him wondering what to say next, and he said, oh, you wouldn't understand. You wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't understand no way. This guy was so far ahead of the little holy preacher there that he knew he would never understand that. That's too far out for him. Yeah. But you surely don't think that it means that you don't need anybody to teach you just because that's the words. Why don't you consider who is doing the teaching? They didn't write like us then. No, they didn't. They didn't waste words like we do. They didn't write like the English language. We had to get it in ours, and we never would have got it. What he's actually saying is, in verse 26, these things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you that went out from us because they were not of us. If you stick that verse back in there, and let me read it all to you, you'll understand. So that the next time somebody tells you, you don't need anybody to teach you, that the Spirit just teaches you everything. You know you would really, really, really be awful deep if the Spirit taught you everything. Have we got, have we got anybody like that here today? That everything you get, you get it from the Spirit. You say now, Brother Cox, wouldn't that be? yes, that would be all right. But I will to tell you something, you're just not capable. I mean, you just can't do it. It's not God's will. We're not robots that God sets in heaven pushing buttons and tells us every single thing to do. God does not drive my car. He lets me drive my car. He can protect me on the highway, but he lets me drive my car, if you don't believe it. Drive on the left side of the center and see what happens. Go down the road at 85 90 mile an hour 100 and let the state trooper pull you over and tell him say spirit told me he'd say license please and if you get too smart he'll take you in and if you get up there and tell the judge look sir i'm a child of god i'm spiritual i was in a hurry i'm doing the king's business i felt like it's all right to drive 100 miles an hour and i was on the way to preach and i don't feel like you ought to bother me he'd say straight jacket Get this guy, put him in a padded cell. Something. This guy's a nut. Let's get his license away from him. He'll take you take in. Now, I'm telling you, they'll explain it to you in such a way uh, that you'll uh, you'll be a, you you you'll, you'll receive some teaching. All right, I got to get off of that. But the anointing, what you have now, you surely don't think when it's said that God put in the body. Now wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. You surely don't think that God would put in the body apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Do you think God is going to put those in the body and then tell you that you don't need them? Huh? Come on now. What he actually means is, and I must hurry, Got so much ground to plow. I must hurry. But what he actually means is, is these people that are trying to seduce you, you don't need them to teach you. It's got to mean that. There's no, not, nothing, No, it could not possibly, I don't think, mean anything else. But as the same anointing or the same light that has taught you that Jesus is the Christ and this whole thing, Is talking about Christ, the entire Bible and all of John's Gospels, uh, a point toward the Christ. And he said, But the same anointing teaches you all things, and is truth, and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. Now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed of him in his coming. Have I got that straight? Can I proceed? All right. I want to go a little further. I'm telling you now, heresies and false doctrine all come from a misinterpretation of the Word of God. And if people will learn, you know, you've got some people that don't believe in a pastor when God has placed pastors in the body of Christ. It plainly said that, but we got people that says we don't need a pastor. We don't... We don't believe in pastors. We don't have pastors here. I don't know if it happened or not, but some young preacher, they told me, took a church, and he said they had put everybody out that went before him. And he was there quite a while, and they never did vote on him. And he's there a little longer, and they never did vote on him. And and, and they, he just asked him. He said, I don't understand that. I've been told that every preacher that comes here, uh, you put him out, and you've not put me out. I don't understand that. And they said, well, that's all right. No, he said, I uh, I won't know I mean. And they said, no. So he said, well, I, I don't understand it. And I'd like you to tell me. Do you really want me to tell you? And he said, well, yes, I do. I want you to tell me. And they said, well, I'll tell you how it is. We don't believe in pastors in no way. And you're the nearest to it, nothing we've ever had. And we're going to keep you. Now let's go a little further. Please don't get bored. I, if, if you're bored now, you're going to be bored stiff before it's over. Uh, but let me tell you something. In, in, in Romans uh, verse 11 and, 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 I mean, chapter 11 and verse 29, here's another verse of Scripture. And for years and years and years and years, I wondered about this. I had a preacher friend that I worked with tell me about it. I'd heard about it. I don't know how many times I heard it. And they're always saying, when somebody went crooked, somebody some some preacher went crooked, they said he's still it don't make no difference. He's still called of God. Because the Bible said, pull it out now, take it out, make a hole in the page. Let's get her in there. Amen. Let's get it in there so we can all see it now. See how foolish we are to think such stuff. I'll leave it up there now where you can see it. You done jerk that out. That twenty verse it done pulled it out. Laid it over here to one side. I may shred this thing up in several pieces after a while. Got it over here to one side. It said, For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. For the gifts and calling of God, and I don't know how many times I heard that as a young man, and I never did think a whole lot about it. I thought maybe that's right. Maybe that's the way it is. But you know, I get my cheery iolosity, as brother Collins called it one time. I get my curiosity stirred up about some stuff and I get to wondering about it and one day it just fell open and there it was. I'll tell you what, that's not got a thing in the wide world and if you ever hear anybody quote that again, you tell them, let's look at that and turn right over to Romans 11 and 29 and look at it and be sure to keep it in there and read it and read it and and you'll find out that's a talking about Israel and God's rejection of Israel at that time, but how that God had promised Abraham's seed. You'll not find one commentator, amen, going commentary, and people say, I don't believe in commentaries. No telling what you're liable to believe then. You don't have to tell me you don't believe in the commentary if you come up with something like that, uh, because I can tell you to, you don't believe in nothing, but I just finally found that out. That just, just come to me. And I got to look at that that's not what that means that's talking about the rejection of Israel at that time and but God has got a promise to Abraham hallelujah so I have a very rare commentary by John Wesley on the New Testament and Wesley said it means God does not repent of his gifts to the Jews or his calling to the Gentile amen the biblical illustrator says uh, uh, it means without change of mind on God's part, subject to no regret or change of purpose. Uh, hallelujah. God's method of dealing uh, may vary, but his determinings never vary. And that's what it means in every commentary. I don't want to bore you with it, but God, I don't know how many and all of them. Nobody will agree with you on that. If you want to believe it, go right ahead. And if you want to be ignorant, be ignorant and say that some rotten preacher that left his wife and children and married some other woman is still called a preacher and that the anointing is still on him if you want to and use that crazy thing, Uh, but you're not going to get by with it by pulling it out and making it mean something that it does not mean. I don't care how much you love them, and I think you ought to love them. We'd like to see every preacher get back to God, but don't give me that nonsense and use that verse there. You're not going to prove it with that verse there uh, because that doesn't have a thing on earth uh, to do with it. Buy this tape and look at these verses. I'm going to tell you, we're getting some of the craziest heresies among us over a bunch of nonsense uh, that we've ever got uh, because people misinterpret the word of God I don't know where I've had I've even had people tell me I remember distinctly one man tell me he said brother Cox uh, 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 everybody's heard the gospel uh, the Bible said uh, that the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust." amen but if you'll read the whole thing in in Titus two eleven and 12 you'll find out that what that means is above that and below that, it names all things that we're supposed to do, amen, and tells you plainly that the grace of God that brings salvation has taught you not to do that. Titus 2, 11 and 12. And don't pull that out and say that everybody's heard the gospel because you just make a fool out of yourself in front of people that realizes that everybody has not heard the gospel. So it cannot possibly mean that. And another thing that the holiness people are teaching is that God is no respecter of person. And they get that from, uh, uh, from Acts, the 10th chapter, and the, uh, and the 34th verse, I think. Seem like it's right in there, yes. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive, that God is no respecter of person. Uh, but God is a respecter of person. You say the Bible contradicts itself. It does no such thing. All you got to do is read the entire 10th and 11th chapter, and you'll miss it all if you don't read the 10th chapter and the 11th chapter. And Peter had that vision and seen, uh, fell in that trance and seen these unclean animals inside, this uh, sheet let down by the four corners from heaven. And God told him, said, What I have cleansed, don't call it common nor unclean. So he seen by that, and then he went to Cornelius uh, and helped him get into the kingdom of God. You might say he was already in it. He might have been in it as far as he could get into it at that time. But had he not accepted, you read the 11th chapter, And you'll find out that he sent Peter down there and they said you've come down here and they're going to tell you words whereby thou and thy house shall be saved. Bless God had he not went with the new covenant and the dispensation of grace in the New Testament time he would have not been saved. Now fall out with me. But whenever God changes from law to grace and you don't go with the grace disp- I know an angel visit him, I understand that. But he went right over there and had to be taught how to get in the kingdom of God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And whenever Peter said, Now I perceive that God is no respecter person, meant that any race, any color, Anywhere it makes no difference if the skin be white or black or brown. The dying Savior wore for all the thorny crown. And there was a time when God's people, the Jewish people, looked at themselves as the only people of God. As a matter of fact, they even lost God because they thought they had him, because they couldn't see anything else, and they missed the Messiah by saying, that messiah comes out of galilee a man he's going to come from bethlehem and this man you're saying is jesus came from nazareth and from galilee and no prophet arises out of there uh, but they don't know great god don't you know that jesus can come from bethlehem and then move to egypt and back to nazareth and be raised and still be the son of god that was born in bethlehem but the whole jewish race missed it because they misinterpreted the Word of God. And you can do the same thing. And people get these wild, crazy ideas uh, from Solomon and say that the dead know not anything, but he's talking about the earthly body. And say, you sleep in the grave, we've got soul sleepers. we got every kind of crazy idea in the whole this movement to uh, uh, bring up some fantastic stuff. And I mentioned to you the other day about the snake handlers, how that over oh, over, and over here at Jolo, Virginia, wherever in the world Jolo's at, and these people are handling snakes. And I said, if you're going to do that, then why in the world don't you walk on the line too? And then another thing in Luke 10 and 19, I believe, said to give you power to uh, tread on serpents and scorpions, why don't they get the scorpions? If they're going to go so wild about handling snakes, why don't they get the scorpions too and put them on the floor and walk on them? I'll promise you one thing, you'll have a good case of hot foot. Pastor made his wife have a snake, bitter and kill her, And they say, well, if you believe, all right, if you believe, and the pastor gets snake bit and dies, then he's a sinner that told you to handle snakes. I can tell you I can get by with it. I don't live here. And if I did, I'd tell you that. God doesn't get any glory out of that, and I'm not going to ride to death, but God does not get any glory out of that. Why don't they bring Scorpions church two too and turn them loose on the floor? I got sense enough to know that somebody could throw you in a snake pit and God could keep you. I got sense enough to know somebody could try to poison you and God could keep you. That's that's and no doubt that's happened. But to bring strychnine to the house of God and mix it up and drink it and bring snakes and go out in the woods and bring them to the house of God, it's nothing in the world but a wild idea that makes somebody think they're super spiritual. It's all in the world it amounts to. I don't care if you can do it. They get bit and die all the time. That fellow, I got a clip in it, brother. Uh, Mike Schaefer sent me uh, and over Joel, Virginia. How, how far is that from here, Mike. West Virginia. Well, not quite as you know. <laughs> anyway, this is a better state. Eh? <laughs> Amen. All right. All right. About thirty miles from here. And, and I know you don't fellowship them. I know that. I don't blame you. They're hung up on this guy. Even said, "I hope I die by snake bite. It'd be a wonderful way to go to heaven." That's not no more rightly dividing the word of God than nothing. And I told you that the devil tried to get Jesus jump off the pinnacle of the temple and said the angels would bury you up and Jesus knew not to do it. You don't go around fooling with stuff that's dangerous. We've got to have snakes or we'd be have the bubonic plague and wipe us out. But it was no place in the Bible if he told him to do it and that's what it means. I don't know exactly what it does mean, but I know it does not mean go to the hills and the rocks and bring snakes to the house of God they never done it in the book of Acts. Nobody, none of the apostles ever done it. Jesus never did it. It's a false doctrine. It's silly. And you young people, it wouldn't do no good to me tell that guy over Joe not to do that. He knows more than I'll ever know. He's been bit more times than I'll ever be bit. It don't do no good. Spurgeon said it doesn't do any good to show a blind man a mirror. Some chigger brain. Not gotten no more sense than to handle snakes it's crazy but you young people if you got any relatives does that you tell them that the Bible does not teach it they say right there it is right there it is right there it is no that's not what it means if it means that tell them to bring the lion to church because some 90 some 91 said so you say what are you so hot about preacher I ain't hot about anything. I'm not mad about anything. I'm just telling you that false doctrine and heresies—it's no worse for a Catholic to be deceived than to think that all generations are called Mary blessed. It's no worse for them to interpret that as Mariolatry and worship the Virgin Mary, and even teach that if you ask Jesus' mother, uh, she'll go to him and she—that he can talk, she can talk him into it. It's no worse to think that crazy stuff. Then it is uh, to misinterpret the rest of these simple things. And it did say it, look in Psalm 91. And somebody turn to Luke 10 19. Read that, Brother Mark, loud, will you want to get ready for you? Luke 10 19, I've got to hurry now. I've got to hurry. I preach longer than usual here. Right there in Psalm 91, it said, For he shall get and the devil brought that scripture to Jesus. If you pull that out by itself, why did he jump off? Because he said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Not by a few words, but by every word. In Psalm 91 and 11, For he shall give his angels charge over thee, keep thee in all thy ways. Like they shall bear thee up, lest in time you dash your foot foot, uh, bear thee up in their hands. Lest thou shalt dash thy foot against the stone, thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, go get the lion too. Now, now, now Cox, now I said, if that's what it means, go get the line. And bring in, go out and trap a bunch of scorpions and bring them to the house. Read it, brother Mike, please. Luke 10 19. He said, Behold, I give you power to do what? To tread on to tread, serpent, serpents and, and scorpions, scorpions and, over and over all the power of the enemy and nothing, by any, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. It's got to have a spiritual significance. It's got to have. It does not mean physically To do those things and to go out and do those things or they would have done it in the New Testament and these people are hung up on just a few verses and you don't get hung up on just a few verses you have to practice the whole Bible I've seen people get wild ideas about the Word of God and you end up you know there are people that go crazy they absolutely go crazy you want to watch who you listen to a few weeks back in oklahoma a fella killed himself and he what he did there was a guy come by and he's already having trouble and don't want to go into all of it i went in it once but don't want to go in that day uh, but a fella came by and was going to commit suicide and this fella talked him out of it and and before he talked him out of it though this guy told him said and 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 and, and t- t- talked to him in such way that he said but you won't go to hell if you do. And I don't know how many reasons he gave him. I don't know what any of them was, but told me, come by, he said, man, don't do that, and this fellow didn't, but this guy got thinking about that and went and committed suicide. One of the the main men among the independent holiest people in that part of the country went and killed himself. I know a man, know him right now, He's still alive, his wife's not alive, but he got hung up so much on divine healing and wouldn't see a doctor about nothing. Said, if i ever in a car wreck, no matter what shape I'm in, that's all right in its place, but this part's not all right. I don't care what you say. It's silly uh, for people to do some things that they do and say it's because of faith. This man's wife had a stillbirth I mean the baby died inside of her body and all of it did not pass and he would not do one thing and left that stuff in that woman and rotted and killed his wife and I know another fella, I don't know him now he's been gone the very day that my brother Bill there like got electrocuted turned him a flip down in a hole about 12 feet deep hit his head on steel uh 13,500 volts went to him, burned that warrior into him. He's a surveyor. The very same day that he was going to that funeral, this was the day my brother got shot. And God spared my brother, burned a hole in the bottom of his shoe soles everywhere there was a nail, where they were nailed shoe soles nailed on. Burned a hole up through his... Socks it into his flesh, like killed him. And that very day there was a man that pastored a church out in the country, Sister Nance. And he had a wife and ten children. And he got a piece of baling wire, hit a piece of baling wire with a lawnmower, and slung a piece of rusty wire into his leg. And he would not pull that out. He would not get that thing cut open and dug out. He said, if God don't do anything with it, I can't. And swelled up, you could push his leg, Brother Mike, and turn it loose, and it would stay in there for quite a while before it would come back out. He was so swell. And I was pastoring Chelsea as a young man, and I called down there and said, I want to know about this man. She said, that man expired last night, all because he thought he had faith. Let me tell you something. I don't care how much faith you claim to have, it's not God's will to leave a foreign object or a dead object inside of your body it will kill you we need to and i'll never have room to get all this never have time to get all this but we need to and this silly stuff saying God's no respecter person means uh, uh, that races it's a race it's the italians it's the jews it's the gentile and someday God is going to even call the gentile i mean the jews back to him and they're going to have a mighty revival. Yes, they are. And some people don't believe that, but that'll make you it dearest. It's so anyway. I said it's so anyway. Just a little bit more now. I know that stuff like this sometimes, you wonder why in the world, anybody preaches. this, it's driving us crazy. Church of God talking around about the great speckled bird. How the great speckled bird represents the church of God. Well, I'll tell you one thing. If I was them, I'd be ashamed to claim it. You say you would, and I'm not telling any people saving the church of God. I know there is. It has been, formerly been, but it's doing just like the assembly of God uh, and, and, and and a lot of the rest of the movements and the Nazarene, there's still Nazarene people saved. I know that, uh, but they're leaving the principles that they one time had. You can almost do anything, and the independent people's not but about five years behind them. And everything you see, if you want to copy that bunch of nonsense and say, well, we can do now, people have even decided you can get by with more now because grace covers it all. One woman in California sang with one strap. but Don Rich was there, one strap on her dress and her shoulder completely bare, singing, Calvary covers it all. It never covered her You go out here in a pair of skinny skimpy clothes and say that calvary covers that you mentally retarded thing you you know that calvary does not cover that why don't you go naked calvary won't cover that quit pulling that stuff out one at a time and say yeah 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 we've got you now no you've not got me now you want me to show you about that speckled bird deal oh the great speckled bird in the bible and people just go wow they had a they had a big eagle one time made out of paper mache and they turned it loose from the balcony and they went wow 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 man i'll tell you shouting speaking in tongues i don't know what all because they got so happy because that represented the great church of god let's see if it does I got a yellow jacket shirt one time. Went up he just went plumb wild, run plumb out the door, come back in. Everybody shouting. They thought he'd run out the door on the power of God. I never said they'd go to hell for it. Everything's not God that people think it is. Glub, 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 and the chee 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 and the ta ta ta. It's not the Holy Ghost. Not every time. We got gays and no telling what all speaking in tongues now. Sinners speaking in tongues. People never been born. One fellow told Don Rich, said you hear about the Catholic priest getting the Holy Ghost, brother Don said, I didn't even know he got saved. But these people get saved now. I mean, hey, the Holy Ghost now, not even born again. They get they get the Holy Ghost first. You know I did the Spirit of God. I'm not saying that couldn't happen. There's the Church of Christ preacher challenged Doc Poole, the black black preacher down around Scranton, Arkansas to a debate. And he said he wouldn't dare do it till he fasted a week and didn't eat nothing for a week or ten days. Whatever it was, come out and set them ready. And they started that debate. Never did get nowhere with it. The power of God hit the church of Christ's bridge. He spoke in tongues for an hour. I'll let God take care of that, but this other nonsense. Turn to Jeremiah 12. I said, Turn to Jeremiah 12. You will? I'm not ordering you to. I just want you all the information. I'm going to give it to you. In Jeremiah 12, let's go to reading down there and see how crooked they are. 6 verse and ever For even thy brother in the house of thy father, even they have dealt treacherously with me. Yea, they have called a multitude after thee. Believe them not, though they speak fair words unto thee. I have forsaken mine house, God said. I have left mine heritage. I have given the dearly beloved of my soul into the hand of her enemies. Mine heritage is unto me as a lion in the forest. Why don't you write a, a song about that? Oh, the great growling lion in the forest, representing the great, Church of God. Well, it makes as much sense. God said, "It's like a lion in the forest that's roared against me." Therefore, I hated it. Then in the ninth verse—that's the eighth and the ninth—said, mine heritage is unto me as a speckled bird. The birds round about are against her. Come, ye assemble all the beasts of the field, come to devour." I'm going to kill her. My pastors have destroyed my vineyard. They have trodden it down. My portion underfoot, they've made my pleasant portion. A desolate wilderness. Is that the church of God? No. No. That was the spots on it, the specks on it. It was a reproach to God. It was just like a lion in a forest that roared against god you say well brother cox you think everybody's bad and everybody's no 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 that's not what i'm driving at i'm just telling you things that people say that the bible mean they don't mean that another one is in is in uh i'll hurry is in uh, uh, corinthians i'm trying to find it here in corinthians uh oh about verse uh, chapter 15 31 1 Corinthians 15, 31. Come on, you just, well, get educated with me now. Come on here. Amen. I'm hurrying fast as I can. In 1 Corinthians 15, 31, they use this. People say, and I don't know why they do this. I don't know why they do this and say it's a spiritual thing. And say, in 1 in, in Corinthians 15, 31, I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. And they say that sanctification that's not what that is. That's not what that's talking about. Paul's life was in danger every moment of time. And every day, Paul was ready to die. And he stood in jeopardy in verse 30 every hour. And in verse 31, he said, I die every day. Hey, you may, you may be through with me today. But uh, I'm not through with you. Amen. I said, I'm not through with you. You may be through with me. And I, now, now, a while ago when I said, by the way, about an hour ago, when I said, by the way, we got people that think, and I may sure enough cross your tradition now. We got people that think it's a sin to have a fellowship hall as part of the building of the church house. Now, this is going to be different. You're going to have to really listen. When Charlie Pennington built the Dryden Road Church, there's some people from Kentucky came down there and went there and they said, we don't believe in that. We don't believe in that. And they got it from this right here. I know where they get it. And said that uh, if you'll just build it four inches, if you'll just build it four inches from the other building, we will stay here. They didn't build the forages from the other church and they left because they're so hung up and pulled this verse out. What? Have you not houses to eat in? And there are people that think it's a sin. I'm not talking about desecrating the house of God, but that's what they were doing. In the whole chapter of 1 of Corinthians 11 and then some more in 14 is having trouble with different things they were doing. Now, I want you to listen to me. If any of you older preachers just screaming about this, we'll talk about it after church. I'm going to be through pretty quick, quick as I can get through now. I'm going to do it. Sorry it's taking so long. But he said, when you come together, 11 and 20, when you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's supper. For in eating, every one of you taketh before his own supper, and one is hungry and another is drunken. They were, they were abusing the house of God. The poor people would come down there and the rich people would come down there and they'd bring a big basket dinner and right in front of the poor people and the other people, they'd have a big lunch there and some of them was drinking so much. Paul said this and It's not taking the Lord's Supper you're doing. You're not doing right to do that. And he said, don't you have a house to eat in? You know it couldn't possibly be wrong uh, to eat something in the building where you had worship because in the book of Acts, They went from house to house and took the Lord's Supper in the same house uh, where they got saved and where they had church. And a man named Justice in the 17th chapter of the book of Acts had a house joined hard, which meant it was attached to the synagogue. And it can't possibly be a sin if it is raining outside and people can jerk that verse out. And say it's a desecration uh, to eat in the house of God let me tell you something else if it's such a bad thing uh, to eat stuff in the house of God and if the house of God is so sacred why don't you shut your mouth and not talk during church and why do you leave scraps of paper on the floor and why do you let your children run wild and why do you make so much noise no you're you're hung up you've tore out one little place and got it by itself and said it's a sin to eat in the house of God when you ought to know good and well that it's not. Sacred, huh? Right there was the assembly God, man built assembly God church right down the road from me and this fella got on him. They didn't have no fellowship hall and they used to lay boards and we've done it there at home before we got a fellowship hall or they finally uh, tore some rooms out in the back and made one we was gonna uh, build one uh, but we didn't get to it and so we lay boards down and put the food on because it's raining outside. And you know, there are people that just go into a fit about that. They don't want you to sell records in the vestibule. They don't want you to sell tapes. They don't want you to do anything. Really what they were doing when Jesus cleansed the temple is was is charging people as much as 15 times too much to buy alternatives and pigeons and something for the sacrifice and is rubbing the poor, great God from heaven. And he cleaned that place out and said you made it a den of thieves. If people had to have those tapes and had to have those records to offer sacrifice with and you charge them 15 times too much, it'd be time to clean it out and say no. But it's not a sin for somebody to sell a record out there. I don't have none to sell. I don't have a tape to sell. But you're so hung up on one thing because you can't look at it like it really is and drive somebody crazy and leave the church to go someplace where it's more spiritual. You say, "What on earth is the matter with you?" They ain't nothing the matter to me. There's something wrong with people. I tease my wife sometimes and tell her, "Honey, everybody's crazy but us, and I'm worried about you." Uh, but we just cutting up. I know everybody's not nuts, and I know I'm not crazy. I know I'm not. Bless God! I won't tell you right now. It's a serious thing to misinterpret. The word of god and to tear pieces out of it and drive people up the wall with a bunch of foolishness that's not got anything to do with it Then, please amen praise god so just you young people i don't care what they tell you i don't care what uncle charlie done don't 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 handle the more snakes don't let your children handle snakes. Don't get bring, bring no scorpions to church. Don't go out and do that same thing right there with it. Tell them I said that. And 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 and, and, and tell them I said, go get a line. Say they they'll be after you. I'll be here. I'm not gonna move back here. I like it, but it's too far from the house. Nancy says. It's a temptation. I went up in Maryland and, and, and going back, I, man, I'm telling you, I said, mean, this is my prettiest place and I like it here. We look out the window. I was praying about five o'clock this morning. We can look out the window there. Way out through there, beautiful. My, my, my. I'm telling you, I love this country. Uh, but uh, I wasn't raised here. I can't help it. I love it. I love to go to Alabama. You couldn't pay me enough to move down there. And I love it. And I love the people, but I was raised in Oklahoma. But there ain't no sense of you young folks of being so dumb. You don't have to be that silly. You say, you think it's silly? I think it is super silly to handle snakes. You say, you hurt somebody feeling, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. You're going to get hurt worse than that when I'm am bite you. That'll hurt your feelings. They die from it. They die from drinking poison. They won't bring the scorpions in there with it. They won't bring the lion with it. They won't bring the dragon with it. It's all right there in the Bible. All right, all right, shout now. Take off. Act like Billy Houston's a singing. Amen. Take off a shouting now. Amen. I'm just trying to tell you. I'm sorry if I don't have the most delicate finesse i'm sorry if i'm not an orator i'm sorry if i'm not seven foot tall where i can thunder at you amen but bless god i'm a putting all i can into it that's going to reduce an old general in rank during the war and he only weighed 90 pounds and he said he said that may be right but 80 of its backbone i will not tell you something brother bless god i'm going to appreciate if the hair lips a devil amen. he has a heart attack bust the church no matter what I'm going to preach a truth. Amen.